Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast. I'm Bethany. And I'm Ashley. How are you doing this week, Ashley? Oh, my week has been event field. So I got a new tattoo. Very exciting. Very exciting. It took them like three seconds to do. And then I got um, several bidet attachments and it has changed our lives for our toilets in the house. (laughs) Very exciting. That is very exciting. We have clean butts. (laughs) You have clean bottoms. So we actually keep getting a lot of messages on Instagram about Becca and when she's coming back. Can I just weigh in on that? Because I think she should probably come back. She'll probably come back. Yeah. So welcome yeah, back, Becca. Thank you, guys. Okay. So, Ms. Becca, we haven't heard from you in a very long time. Please catch us up on everything. Oh, dear. How long has it been? Um, it's been a very long time. It's A lot of things have happened. We sold our house. We bought a camper. We lived for a long time at a state park. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, so my husband, I think last time I recorded with you, Bethany, Jerry was already living down there. Yeah. Because I think I mentioned that I was super stressed. We were living separately. So Jerry moved to the state park in our old camper. And then once the house sold, we bought the new camper and the kids and I joined him. So we stayed there for quite a while. Um, he worked as camp host, which got us a free place to stay, which is awesome, um, but was a lot of work, um, a lot of shoveling fire pits and chores and things. So, um, and then just this week, we moved again, and now we're at a city park in oh. Papillion. So, yeah, so in the city park, is super nice, and we're not camp hosts. We are paying our way, but that's fine. Um, and it's been great. So you're in Papillion? Currently, yes. Okay, so you need to go eat Panda Express for me because they don't have that down here. And me too. Like I... <laughs> oh. Well, so... you and I have been to that Panda Express together, Bethany, when you lived here. <gasps> we did. We did. See, so now you have to go just so you remember me and keep the kids love it. Actually, they love the vegetables and stuff that they have, which is awesome. So, yes, we will have to go there. I went to the Panera that's like on the same street as there this morning. We also don't have Panera. (laughs) So now that you're back, did you miss us? Um, did the 27,000 columns I sent you this week not indicate that I have missed you? <laughs> I love that we're calling them columns because that Beautiful. makes me so happy. Columns <laughs> happen. What was the other thing that we were going to make happen? Oh, stars. Oh, stars, yes. Stars. Yes. yes. And when we get further in the books, I want to make aces happen. Oh my God. <laughs> aces. That kind of was a thing at some point. I mean, that was like one of the trendy, like, the groovy and rad like aces that that had its moment making a comeback (laughs) so you haven't got to do anything in a while do you want to do our fan art friday oh my goodness fan art friday so our fan art friday is this lovely picture is this watercolor i think so yeah 
it is a picture of Cinder and she is sitting on the ground and she has her old too small foot off and there's all sorts of wires and I love this fan art but I can't read the signature with the person's Instagram so Bethany can you help me out here it's at f-a-e-r-i-e dot a-n-a on Instagram Thank you. I'm sorry, at fairy.anna. Yes. But fairy is spelled the pretty way. <laughs> it's, it's so pretty. It is pretty. I really like the watercolor. I think it gives it such a unique element that we haven't seen in other fan art so far. And I love, I really love the detail in just like she's got a utility belt on, she's got wrenches sticking out of her back pocket. Her her clothes are slightly dirty. You can see the grease on her face, on her arms. It's just those teeny tiny little details, I think, really make the picture better. I love in the background, the watercolor done there, where it looks like it's a computer-esque motherboard type thing. That's what I love about it. I agree. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. I love it. And you don't see watercolor a lot. No. No. I love watercolor. It's nice to get a watercolor representation that's um that someone was nice enough to share with us. So thank you at Fairy Anna on Instagram, and you can find that on our Instagram, our Facebook, and our website. Because while you were away, Becca, I made us a website. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm super stoked. And speaking of Fan Art Friday, do not forget that our logo art contest submissions are due by October 15th. So far, we have had four as of today. As of today, we have had four. So that's very exciting. They're all spectacular. I love all of them. No lie. No, I think they're all great. It's going to be a tough one to choose from. We're going to have a lot of fun putting it on Instagram and letting everybody vote on it. Absolutely. I didn't think we could beat the last one until I saw today's. Absolutely. That's how I feel every time I see a new one. Same. That's great. This is why we're going to leave it up to Instagram because it's going to be too hard for us to choose. It really will be. (laughs) So we got four reviews this week, which is fantastic because right now our goal is to get to 30 reviews by the time we finish reading Cinder. I will be adding a an episode schedule to our website this week, and we will be finishing Cinder in December. I did I did my little math, so we're gonna finish Cinder the right around Christmas time. And I'd love it if we could have our thirty reviews by then, and that means if we get to our goal of thirty reviews, that Bethany will start the Patreon. So we have four reviews, and Becca, you have not got to do this in a while. It has been a minute. Let me get back to that page because my printer, my printer wasn't working for me. So I am toggling windows. Okay. So our first review is from renegade underscore anarchist, who I'm pretty sure we already are in love with. And this review came from Instagram and they say, see this picture right here? Yeah, I live for it. Just, I need to rant about them really quick because Prince Kai fan pod completely destroyed the bad Monday vibes we all get. And it is such a positive and fun way to start each week. Not only is it so obvious how hard they work for the podcast, but you can actually tell by how in-depth they go into each chapter. 
I feel like since I read Cinder a while ago, I've forgotten so many tiny details and cute scenes. And of course, they talk about them all. And it just all together makes the book series that much more fun. This podcast idea not only adds so much positivity to the fandom, but it just would never be the same without them. I'm using, in quotes, exclamation mark, a lot, but I'm just so excited. Waiting for each Monday to come faster is actual agony, but they make it all worth the wait whenever they post. And that one has three exclamation marks, so they're not kidding about their exclamation marks. I love it. And then in parentheses again, they say, can you tell I'm obsessed? If you have not checked out their podcast, please do it. And that's please spelled with one, two, three, four, five E's at the end. You will not regret it. And can I just say that they are absolutely hilarious, all in caps, and their personalities mix so well. I feel like I'm listening to a comedy show sometimes because of their cute little jokes. Their Instagram is at prince.kai.fan.pod. Oh my goodness. Renegade Ericus, we love you. I love exclamation marks to the point where like every time I send an email at work, I have to do like a control F and find them all and like take out half because... (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same way I'm the same way so Renegade Anarchist and I have actually had a a couple conversations on Instagram so that's been really nice she recently did a live video where she said a bunch of nice things about us and she also has the same birthday as Becca what what happy birthday Renegade (laughs) yay Virgos oh it's a great day to have a birthday my Flute friend Gretchen had a baby on Tuesday. His, his name is Dean. That's so sweet. So cute. So cute. It's a good day for, for birthdays. Good day. Yeah, I'm officially old now. Why do you say that? I'm like super old now. No, it's not the big one yet. I am twice as old as I was when I started college. I have been with Quentin for one-third of my life. Hey, um, you guys are making me feel young. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Poor Ashley feeling young over here. What's that line from Friends? My diamond shoes are too tight. They are. You make me feel like I'm a baby. I'm like, like, shit, now I have to do math. But I don't know how old you are, actually. I just know that you're younger than Bethany. I'm 26. Oh, so you're older than I think Bethany is. Okay. Yeah, because I, I always will and forever will think that Bethany is 25. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm okay with that. Well, because you worked with Megan and Reagan before yes. you worked with me and Reagan. Yes. And they turned 25. Yes. And I thought since you guys came from the same daycare which is kind of like a school it meant that you were in the same grade which meant that you were the same age so well, you're 25. Megan and I look a lot alike we're the same height we're the same build we both have dark brown curly hair so that was a weird tangent we have three more fantastic reviews I'm gonna read this one because she's new and I got to talk to her a few times this week so this is from Breeze Afterglow on Instagram I absolutely love this podcast. I've spent the last day and a half binging your shows. The depth that you guys bring to this book is actually incredible. 
There are so many things I've never considered even after reading it several times over the past six or seven years now. One of my favorite book series ever and you girls took the entire series to a whole new level. I can't wait to listen to the rest and to hear more theories and ideas and just really cool tidbits about the series. Thanks for being obsessive. Nice to know I'm not the only one. And Lena is also the one who suggested we should do a playlist for each book. Oh, thanks, Leah. Yeah. So sweet. Yes. So thank you. Because that was these reviews. I was getting really emotional reading all of them this week. <laughs> You've had a busy week, so it makes sense. Yeah, but it's it's when Becca and I started this, we had no idea how much I don't think we had any idea how much love and support we were gonna get from the mm-hmm. fandom. And it's been absolutely incredible to connect with so many people in such a real way through my cell phone <laughs> hearts Yay. Yeah. yeah so I guess I'm on deck for the next one yes it's from kiss smile <laughs> at k-i-s-m-a-0 on apple Podcasts. great podcast super engaging and entertaining fun listening keep them coming Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> we try to keep it short. We do. And then since the last one is so short, you can read it too if oh, you want. Oh. You get the two short ones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me go. From 2Gene2 two two on Apple Podcasts. Interesting and compelling. And the excitement of, ho- of the hosts make me want to read the book series. However, I disagree with the statement that the show is spoiler free. Perhaps they define spoilers differently than I do. At any rate, I enjoy the show. Thank you. Really appreciate that, um, that you enjoyed the show and that it makes you want to read the book series. Honestly, it's a really good book series. Everyone should read it. But that's just my personal opinion. So thank you. Thank you. I will say that we are spoiler free. However, if you've never read the books, there will be spoilers, which is because We are a book club podcast, so it's meant to be a read-along experience. So the first episode was about the first chapter. So if you hadn't read the first chapter, there would be spoilers and so forth. So like right now, we're on chapters 22 and 23. So if you haven't read up to chapters 22 and 23, there, there will be spoilers. But for everything after chapter 23, there will be no spoilers. Did I explain that well? Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. Because I don't want to confuse anyone. We are spoiler free, but only if you keep up with us. <laughs> okay, Becca, are you ready to get into some chapter discussion? I am so ready. It's been so long. Um, I sent you 11 billion notes about all of the chapters <laughs> that I missed. You did. Uh, you did this so well informed. I loved yes. it. It was nice to have you here in spirit. Some of my notes, though, I didn't take good notes on why I was making the note. So I don't know where this is from, but somewhere, somewhere in a chapter that I missed, somebody said something about the population of New Beijing and how it was 2.5 million. So I Googled. No, 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 no. In like whatever year TE. Like in oh, the okay, in the okay. world of the book, the population okay. of New Beijing was two and a half million. So okay. I Googled it today. Okay, the current population of like old Beijing is yeah, it's like twenty-five million. 
Yeah, I was going to say I would have thought it was bigger because just San Diego is like 3.2 million or something. So I would have thought yeah. Beijing was way bigger. Mm-hmm. Same. So that has been blowing my mind for like the past like hours since I Googled it. Because that's like a tenth the population of current Beijing. Do we think that that is all because of letimosis? Like, can we blame all of that on letimosis? There's got to be other factors. No, I didn't think, I wasn't attributing really any significant portion of it to letimosis. I was thinking these two world wars that we've missed and don't know anything about. I think that's like so catastrophic. Yeah, I think the wars as well as letimosis has been crippling the population. I think it's it's accumulation over. Over the three. Over the three. It makes you wonder what the population was before the wars and before letimosis mm-hmm. so that we could actually compare how many right. lives were lost. Right. And then also, like, what now is the population of their entire world and, like, Luna and all? It seems so small. I don't know. Anyway, that <laughs> has nothing to do with anything. It suddenly gives a new perspective to the empire, though, because I've talked before about how this empire is crazy vast, but knowing that the population is smaller makes it a little bit more manageable. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to Right, say. yeah, and we don't know, you know, the population of the entire Eastern Commonwealth. Right. Um, but to know that, like, Beijing itself has shrunk by a tenth. Right, because but we also know that the Eastern Commonwealth encompasses all the way to India. It's the two most populated countries either way, China and India. And then it goes, we know that it goes to parts of Northeastern Europe and all the way to Japan and some of the Pacific Islands. So it's it's extremely vast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like how we've already said, the two world war conflicts as well as letimosis is crippling the earth people so it could be a vastly different earth than what we know well and on top of that more lives are being saved because of the cyborg Mm -hmm. capabilities but they're also being lost because of cyborg drafts we have to assume that the eastern commonwealth is not the only country in the world working towards a cure or using cyborgs as draft victims correct That was a really great topic to bring up. I never even thought of that. So where did we leave off last week? We left off. We were with Cinder and she just, she just got Nancy powered back up and she told her to download the news. Yep. Download the news because a lot has happened. Yes. Back with Cinder again. And what I really enjoyed reading this earlier today was how she's on repeat Dr. Erlon's warnings in her head. I wrote in my notes, oh my God, this bitch does not understand what danger means. <laughs> I have that written somewhere too. Because <laughs> Dr. Elon was like, stay away from the palace. It's super dangerous. And she's constantly putting herself in danger. So a little bit later on in this chapter, on page 205 in my book, I said, Dr. E warned you to stay away. <laughs> yes. She, you know, 16-year-olds yeah. don't have danger. There's no sense of self-preservation. <laughs> no, you're invincible. You're so invincible. I also wrote, like, does she really need to get the android back? Like, can she not calm somebody and have someone come pick it up? 
Like, does it absolutely have to be her that takes the android back? She wants to. Yes, but from an adult perspective, because she's 16, right? So from an adult perspective, if someone threatens your life and you think it's not safe to go to this place and you know that there's a possibility that someone else could do it for you, would you have someone else do it for you? Because I would. I mean, is there a cute boy there? (laughs) (laughs) That changes everything. Oh my God, (laughs) No matter how old I am, I mean, I'm married now, so it's different, but up until the time I married Jerry, if there was a cute boy there, it doesn't matter how old I am, I'm going. I mean, if there was a cute person there, I'd probably go, so I get it. I understand, and I am married, so I don't, John understands. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I mean, it's, you know, but kids make bad decisions, you know, I mean, Ron and Harry drove a stupid car to Hogwarts, you know, you do things you're not gonna ask for help I mean and who does she trust anyway I mean is she gonna send Iko with it like well I was thinking she bombed someone at the palace yeah she definitely did not take Dr. Erlen's warning seriously at the time anyway like she's still like trying to come to grips with the fact that she's that he's telling her she's lunar yeah she hasn't even really accepted that reality yet yeah. But I think he does at the end of this chapter. Oh, yeah. So then I the next thing I wrote in my notes was in all caps, no moon queen. No if moon. you guys are not listening to the audiobooks, you are missing out because they are so funny. Because her voice for this part is no moon queen. Like that, oh, that like whisper yeah. shouting. And I love it so much. Yeah, I remember that when I was listening to it. I didn't even read it in that voice. I was just like, no, moon queen. I just think it's great. I love whisper yelling. I liked to look at the different words that that was being used. The irate, determined, arms failing, and mad gestures. It reminded me of the different protests across the years that I've seen, like, video of when I was, like, in history class. Oh, yeah. And that's what it reminded me of, like, all the different protests and just civil unrest because it doesn't it it's not necessarily very peaceful I mean they're not just because they're not throwing bombs over the palace gates doesn't mean it's peaceful yeah I so one of the things they're not politely standing outside with signs asking people to sign a clipboard as they walk past true they're shouting no moon queen they're holding up they're like shoving their picket signs <laughs> in the air with a big X on their picket sign. Like it's not, it's just because it's not physically aggressive doesn't mean it's not aggressive. Yeah. It's just, I've, I've seen the extreme of like rioting before. So this. Yeah. This isn't rioting. It's just no, protesting. It's just aggressive. Yeah. I, I thought it was a fairly peaceful protest to be honest. Maybe I have different ideas of what's peaceful and not. I, I mean, like Ashley said, it's not a riot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean they're just chanting. And there's always chanting. I mean, you guys are too young to have watched Growing Pains, but even when they had the sit in at the high school on Growing Pains, like Kirk Cameron and Judy Gold were chanting, you know. It's like a thing. I don't know. I did I guess I do find it interesting um that we're in Beijing and we're having a protest. Definitely their culture, I guess, has changed from 
our time in 2019 to whatever year TE this is. Because I don't know that they have a lot of protests in China or that they're legal. When this book came out in 2012, no, but currently there's a lot of protesting between Hong Kong and China and between the student population in China and just government and political entities in general. It's, it's obviously quite a bit more complicated than that, but these books came out seven years ago, so she probably wrote them eight or nine years ago, and not only was there not a lot of protesting in China, it was kind of unheard of. Yeah. Right. But it's a different yeah. situation now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely very different now, which is interesting. I like what's written on the signs. War is better than slavery. We deserve an empress, not a dictator. No alliance with evil. 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 And I really, really, really love that, what does it say? Many included the queen's veiled image slashed through with red X's. I love that. Yeah. I love that they're red. <laughs> just like blood red. <laughs> the painting oh. roof is red. Oh. I'm sorry. This blood red lips, red, red, red the description of a lipstick being like, okay, President Snow from Hunger Games? Oh, oh. I forgot about that guy, that boy. When did Hunger Games I read that this afternoon, and I was like, does she a cannibal? Like, he is, I got super creeped out. And then the fact that then also before that, y'all were talking about um, Lavana using the word flesh. She wanted to meet Prince Kai in the flesh. And then like a chapter or two later, it was talking about this bloody lips. I got super creeped out. And now I know that she's not like, I don't actually think that she's a cannibal. But I'm getting super creeped out cannibal vibes. You can say she's a man eater. Ooh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yuck. <laughs> so this is kind of great then because it's a it's kind of a callback to the red 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 by saying it's yeah. with red X's. Yeah. And the red high heel on the and cover the is out heel. here getting yeah. Yeah, the red all it's all over the book, but in strategic places. Yes. We tried to make Cat Watch happen and it didn't, so maybe we should do Red Watch. Red Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still counting gloves? Ooh. I don't think Ashley ever did her homework assignment. I didn't do my homework assignment because I'm trash. I'm a trash human. I will go through and read it in more depth before. Did the you end notice of the it when you were re-listening? I didn't. I did not. But if any of our listeners listen on Kindle, like on an actual Kindle, does that have a search and find function where you can search for a word and find every instance of it? Probably. So if somebody could do that, that'd be great. If not, I'm going to write it in my notes for my next chapter. Yes. I have a Kindle and I could get the Kindle version, but my Kindle is in my storage unit and who the heck knows what box it's in. Right. So now she's decided she's taking Nancy to the palace. She gets past all these protesters. She gets to the palace. She's like slightly worried about the queen, but she's like, what's she going to do? I'll never run into her. And she can't, she tries to get into the palace and she can't, they won't let her. And in my notes, I wrote, why didn't he give her a calm? Like he should have already, 
she has his Android. She's working to fix his Android. He's been harassing her about not fixing it fast enough. Why didn't he give her a pass so that as soon as she was done, she could deliver it? Because he's 17 and dumb. He's not supposed <laughs> to be dumb. He's like almost the leader of an entire empire. He is, but 17-year-old boy, he'd rather go and see her than send her a little calm. Send her that flirty text. Wow. That, that. He doesn't get to see her at all because he didn't give her a pass. She just True. has to. She just gets to leave. Do you suppose that security has been stepped up with Lavana being in town? Lavana, I mean, do you suppose um, protests going on? Yeah, I think security has been increased. I yeah. also am curious on how she's not able to get into the palace when she's so valuable to research. Because the research facility is in a different it's wing. In a different wing. Okay. Yeah. So why not just go through that door and then just, you know, download her fancy map and just, you know, find him? I don't know. Oh, also, totally off topic. Also, Quentin pointed out that she should not be able to download a map of the palace in her brain so easily. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, you guys have talked about that before when you were talking about, um, like, satellite images and stuff. And if you should yeah. try and, like, Google satellite in Air Force Base or... yeah. Yeah, those types of things should be protected, and for whatever reason, either they're not, or Cinder's like this superb hacker, which I I guess she could be. I think that they're public because they, in this chapter specifically, we kind of notice that the public is allowed on the palace grounds. Well, we could show up to the White House right this second, they'd let us in, but I don't think we're going to get a blueprint for for the building. Well, now, nowadays, the White House, you can't go up to the gate anymore. They actually have it cordoned off more. And if I remember right, because I wanted to, when I went TDY, um, temporary duty, to Manus, Virginia, they, I wanted to go do the White House tour, and it was a couple, it was a couple weeks wait, and you'd have to go through and get, like, credential scans and all that stuff. Okay. So they've changed their security up a little bit on the White House itself, so... That makes sense. It's probably not a really realistic show, Designated Survivor, on Netflix Keeper Sutherland. But they, in that world, like, you can get blueprints to, like, the Capitol and the White House and stuff, but there are just, like, certain areas grayed off, so, like, you just can't know what's in this zone. Yeah, like, so perhaps the palace, like, the private quarters and the secret bunkers and stuff are not on her blueprint but just like the main public areas like research wing and stuff would be that makes sense ballroom stuff like that ballrooms new kids got a ballroom um (laughs) the prince so what i do like about this is i think nancy is so cute i really feel like okay i kind of get cinder wanting to accompany nancy because she feels like she needs to explain to kai perhaps why Nancy was malfunctioning in the first place. However, Nancy can also explain that. And like you said, she wants to see him. But I do think it's really sweet that Nancy is so quick to help. She's so, 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 so sweet. She, what does she say? Lynn May said, Nancy, from the other side of the Iron Gate, I will inform Prince Kai that you would like to see him. I'm sure he can calm you any official pass. I just think that's so sweet. She's just in, it's, it's like Iko. She's just a machine, but she's so much more than metal. Oh, yeah. Well, because like, when you said that like that, I actually automatically thought about Cinder. She's so much more than metal. She is so much more than metal. Yeah. 
So then after that, she wants to explain to him what happened. And my thing is, doesn't she need to hand over the decom chip that was in Nancy for like an investigation? You would think that. Like it's an unusual material. It malfunctioned the android. Shouldn't she be handing that over to some sort of security team so that it can be investigated? You would think. But But is there a security team in this world that can be trusted? We haven't met one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least so that Kai can himself look into it, maybe. I don't know. It's just, it's unusual to me that she's holding on to that comm, that that decom chip. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sparkly, so we know you would keep, keep it, put it on a necklace around my neck. Yeah. So then after that, Cinder's all grumpy. She has to leave. She's bummed out. She doesn't get to see the prince, but maybe it's a good thing. And then just eerie silence. Yes, mm-hmm. a vacuum on the street, yearning to fill with breath, with sound, with anything. And again, we get a reference to a fear rippling someone's spine, just like it did yeah. in chapter four with Cinder, just like it did mm-hmm. a couple chapters ago with Kai. These lunars are spooky. Yeah. Spooky. Sorry. And we get, this is our second experience, or second or third experience with the gift. We Yeah, and... Shh. She's shown the predator is shown with a stern expression, bitter, but did look the look did nothing to dispel her uncanny beauty. We talk about again her paleness and her ruby tinge of her lips. This is where it gets freaky. This woman was not frightening, not dangerous. She was warm, welcoming, generous. She should be their queen. She should rule them, guide them, protect them. So then it's exactly like what Kai was going through until Cinder's light starts flashing. Mm -hmm. Lie detector is not falling for any lunar bullshit. (laughs) Any lunar bullshit. I love it. This is amazing. But also, the lunar gift is not supposed to work on her. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's a shell? Wait, she is a shell. That's what I have written down. Yeah, it shouldn't be working on her. Dr. Erland said she's a shell. Yes. And and so her head is at least telling her when the gift is being used on her. But according to Dr. Erland's description of a shell, which he thinks that she is, she shouldn't be able to experience the manipulation of the glamour. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Should the queen be out in the open without her veil? Because there's got to be cameras everywhere. We get an indication that that there's a news chopper running around. Mm -hmm. How is she just out on a balcony, no veil, no nothing, when we already found out that cameras, that glamour doesn't work on cameras? What if she is out there in her veil, but making it seem like she is? I mean, it doesn't explicitly say that. Doesn't She's making it look like she doesn't have a veil. Can she do that? Is that part of the glamour? Oh, interesting. Yeah, like, is her glamour powerful enough to, like, what's the word? Project? Yeah, that's interesting. I bet it is, right? She's pretty darn powerful. Yeah. Yeah, And that's what we get from her. 
And it says, this is why I don't think she's wearing the veil because it talks about her dark eyes, the tinge of her lips. I suppose you could still be able to see her lips and her dark eyes through the veil, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I also feel like if she was wearing the veil, we would have gotten a reference to it, especially since we just saw the protesters have their veil on a stick. Mm-hmm. I thought that what you meant was like her glamour can make it look like she's not wearing a veil. That's yeah. what Ashley's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh-huh. That would be an interesting theory to try and um, figure out. I was just trying to figure out why she was out there without the veil if all these news copters are running around even if they're not running around you can't leave your house and not be on camera walmart mcdonald's the traffic cans on the road if you leave your house you're on camera that's why i don't leave my house without my shirt on (laughs) (laughs) Uh, someday you can someday i will Um, be able to i'll live in the woods and away from people she, I like how she said that she felt naked and vulnerable because she's seeing all of this and she, her brain is telling her, hey, this is a lie. This is a mirage. A mirage, yeah. A yes. mirage. And she stumbles a little bit. She gets out of the, what do you call it? Haze. Yeah, the haze, the, what everybody else is seeing. Spell. Yeah, the spell. Yeah. Yes. And... Mm-hmm. It is. It's such a great <laughs> word for it. The queen immediately notices that. She like. Oh, I know. And she feels naked and vulnerable. Yeah. I wrote. I, I wrote. See, bitch. This is why Doctor Erlon told you to stay at home and hide. <laughs> yes, hide. Yourself. <laughs> oh, also, goose flesh. In the yeah. Night, where I grew up, it was called goose goosebumps. Oh. Goose pimples? Goose pimples as well. <laughs> but I don't know where I picked that one up because I've lived different places and I have lots of friends from... So it's always places. been goosebumps. Goosebumps, goose pimples, and goose... What did I say in here? Goose flesh, which goose literally makes me think of the flesh of a goose. Which is like pokey. Rather than the plucked skin of a goose, which is what it actually looks like. Yes. Like yeah, I'm literally just- picturing the skin of a goose. I have heard all three of those terms, though. Goose bumps is, yeah, the most common in the Midwest, for sure. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. Maybe because of those books. I don't know. Anyways, I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> Not because of those books, because it definitely was the thing well before those books came yes, out. Yes, and that's why that, the, the, where the title came from. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's next is that Levada storms off the balcony. She's pissed. Throwing a fit is what she's doing. Stormed into the palace. Is anybody but me, though, getting Vila vibes? Yes! That's okay, a- because like at the Quidditch World Cup, when all the guys were just entranced by these Vila's dancing. And then, like, this Levana clearly has a temper, which Vila's are known for having tempers. Because you guys mentioned in a previous episode that it was like the Imperius curse, which, yeah. yeah but also the Vila spell. Yeah. But like not as adorable and innocent. Yeah, I would say definitely not as innocent. Because it's like so like sexual, but um, uh, non-malicious. Not in this instance is it sexual, but when she was trying to manipulate Kai. She was trying to manipulate Kai. 
but what I'm saying is like the viola thing is is um oh yes it's more like lovesick puppy yes and yeah. so I always thought it was funny sorry for the weird tangent that in the books in the Harry Potter books it was always only the men that were kind of affected yeah. that we were told about well I'm sure that there were like sure. people from the female community that were also I, I'm not gay but I probably would have easily been swayed because I like pretty things you do like pretty so things. I would have seen right. the and been like be poking everyone look how pretty <laughs> like <laughs> like all the men but probably Dumbledore wouldn't have had you know a lot of effect yeah, it, it. It, it would be people who who are attracted to that sex or are like me and just like shiny things yeah sure yeah it was weird. sorry for the, the end of the chapter I yeah. really like the fact that she is going back and forth in her head being like hey um, if I'm a shell, I should have been able to resist that. Why am I not able to resist it? She and should be questioning that because she already didn't believe the doctor when mm -hmm. he told her she was lunar. We had that moment with the doctor where the orange light went off and she couldn't yeah. figure out why. And we didn't know why either. Perfect. So this might be what she's what she's worried about. And I put it at the mm -hmm. end of the chapter, I felt like this chapter was really powerful. It Just is. Just overall, it's a very powerful not because of just like Luvana, but just how we kind of have the structure of the entire, we get more and more about the structure of the society that we're reading about. Yes. Becca, yep. what did you think of your first chapter back? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to be back. <laughs> I'm just so glad. This is great. This is so great. We're going really long and I don't even care. That's I know great. we still have one more chapter. So Becca, what was your quote? Okay, mine on page 204, it was instantly Cinder felt the weight of her silliness. I, we didn't talk a lot about this paragraph, but I so related to this. And maybe this is why I was so adamant about like, no, Cinder just really wants to see the prince. That's why she wants to go in. <laughs> but I just, I hate feeling silly, but I feel it a lot. And I especially felt it a lot when I was younger and her age. And just like, you know, you're being silly, but you're still going to do it kind of thing. And yeah, I just, I, I relate. I love that we can relate to her, not just as a character, but in these moments, these moments mm -hmm. where she's so us <laughs> around yeah. the boy that we like. <laughs> because we've all been there we've all had crushes and you know felt silly about oh I shouldn't have said that or had moments in our life even that don't involve crushes where like you know six hours after an argument you're like oh, that would have been a good argument yeah you always think of the best thing to say afterwards yep mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. what was your quote Ashley my quote is she had not been entirely immune to the glamour the way the shells were supposed to be and I did that one because I like the angst in it. Honestly, like I, again, like how you, you Becca said about your, you don't like feeling silly. I don't like that internal angst of being told one thing and know and finding out that it's something else. Agreed. So my quote was yeah. after that. <laughs> We're still, the queen had seen her and she had known. Oof. Dun, dun, dun. Pretty much. Boom. We need like the dick wolf bum bum. Yes. 
Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. We need we need a soundboard so we can like have sound effects like. The only sound effect I have right now is that like chirp sound that I put if we say curse words. Did you notice that? Yeah. 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 I love like, it. Cuter than silence. Sorry. <laughs> it's like it's like. <laughs> So. Oh my goodness, you guys, that was good. Yes, chapter 23, and we're back to Kai's perspective. Yes, we are. Oh, poor Kai. Poor I immediately buddy. wrote in my notes, so Kai is digging his fingernails into his skin. This is his glove. It is his glove. He does this all the time when he gets stressed out, when he gets nervous, when he's dealing with Lavana and trying to dispel her gift. He is constantly digging his fingernails into body parts. So I wrote that this is his, this is the way that Cinder, when Cinder's hugging herself or growing attached to her glove, this is his comfort. Yeah. I underlined specifically that he thought to himself that the queen's success at calming the cloud had been far too easy. And he had hoped for at least a struggle from his citizens. We left off in Cinder's perspective, and at first I was, like, really bummed out because we started the chapter in Kai's perspective, and we just had this huge dramatic moment with Cinder, but then it's kind of great how we get to see Kai's perspective of the protest and the experience that he's having. I loved it. I love that transition because I, as I was reading this, I was like, man, I wonder what, how Kai feels about this. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking about him. Not because he's a cute boy, but because he has to deal with all this as a leader. And it's, I wanted to know what his viewpoint was at, of that, as well as, I want to know Cinder's too, because she's a citizen. So we get to see both ends of the spectrum. And I really like that. I agree. Yeah, the perspective jumping is great. Yeah, that's I appreciate it. I love most about her as an author. Yeah. You get to see more diff- more characters and their different... Everybody thinks different. What I really love is we just get to see so many different angles of the story. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not one-sided at all. We get so many different, because if the whole book was being told from Cinder's perspective, we would never have this moment with Kai and Lavana. And let's get into that because some goes down. Isn't it? I wrote in my notes that, okay, so Sybil's being a little bitch again. (laughs) And she's so snarky. She's like, in my country, we would never allow this kind of protesting. And I know this isn't an, a visual podcast, but I'm flipping my hair dramatically trying to. <laughs> you can um, in my country, we have more comfortable quarters that we stay in. <laughs> and everything here is far, and your citizens are jerks. Exactly. And then I wrote Kai, the defender of the people. Oh my God. <laughs> I love what he says. What does he say? I've heard that when citizens are unruly, there's usually a good reason for it, said Kai. Him a warning frown, but he ignored it. And brainwashing doesn't exactly seem like the proper solution. I love it. Oh, Maggie. I love it. By the way, I love Sassy Harry. I just, I love Sassy. Sassy Harry. You don't, there's no need to call me sir, professor. <laughs> oh my God. That, and I like how Sybil's like, well, proper is a subjective word. The solution is effective. Just because it's effective doesn't mean that it's right. Right. Yeah, Yeah, effectiveness can hardly be argued with, except that it can. I can argue with effectiveness. Yeah, I can argue with effectiveness. (laughs) Yes. 
Okay, I wrote an entire paragraph about this interplanetary bullshit. Go ahead, get it. (laughs) Okay, so first we're going to read it so that we understand what the situation is. So Lavana is talking to Kai. She says, it would appear that you are in violation of the interplanetary agreement of 54TE Article 17. So I wrote so much down. I did the math. So the moon is considered a planet. Like, it's not just a colony on the moon. It's considered a planet. Oh. Right? Okay. Planetary. So how did it go from moon status to planet status? Is that just because people are there now it's a planet? Because that's not the definition of a planet. Right. Because if Pluto is not even a planet, then a satellite that orbits the Earth and not the sun, not a planet. So that was one of the things I wrote. Then I got really sassy about Kai because he's like, what, he's, he annoys me so much because <laughs> he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't have it memorized. I don't know what it is. Okay, but you're about to be the emperor of an entire country. You should know what it means. You should know what the interplanetary agreements are. Okay, because- but really by article number, really, Bethany, oh, article but- number. Okay, but the man standing next to him does know. <laughs> he's going to be the leader. Okay, I know that you're not the emperor of the United States, unfortunately. (laughs) But but do you have all the articles of the Constitution memorized? Do you know the amendments to the Constitution by number? No, but it's not my job to. I haven't been training for this position my entire life. So to put it in perspective. He has been training to be the emperor since birth. I don't know all of the regulations in the UCMJ and I pretty much should because I'm in the military and I'm held by because you're in the military not because you wrote it not because you're the commander no but I should know it as an NCO well as an NCO that's debatable but he should should okay even if he doesn't know what article 17 is he should know maybe what the interplanetary agreement of 54 is oh I'm sure that he does is what I'm saying I'm sure that he knows what the agreement is and the basics of what all it contains but i'm sure that also if i'm sorry if there are 17 articles at least probably more well, maybe not have it memorized but know what they are because they have been in they have been in alliance negotiations with this country for 12 years he doesn't know that he has lunars on earth so he would have no perspective he doesn't know that he's breaking this agreement. Okay. So like, if I know that I'm breaking a law, I probably know what that law is like by number. But if I don't know that I'm breaking a law, then it doesn't mean anything more to me than any other law. So if somebody just says like, Hey, this one number in this law book, I'll be like, okay, well, I know that all of these 27,000 laws are in this law book. Which one is that? Because I haven't broken any of them. It means that, that he has, like, no perspective. That is a very good point. Mm-hmm. Shut up about the article number. Tell me, like, you broke the interplanetary agreement of blah, 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 TE clause about lunars. You know, like, just don't give me the article number, brat. Like, why? <laughs> it's like those people, it's like, oh, and I don't want to get controversial, so please forgive me, but it's like those Bible people who are like, Matthew 3, 17, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything. These are all just numbers. Like, if you want to, like, quote some shit to me, like. Give me the quote. 
yeah. what it means i'm not gonna memorize them like i don't i don't read a book and i don't be like well in paragraph this of page blah 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 <laughs> it says this i'm gonna be like no harry says there's no need to call me sir professor i don't know what page that's on i don't flipping care can I like hug you through Zoom? Cause I've just missed you so much. <laughs> no, I love this because you just dispelled my entire argument. <laughs> and that's great because it was driving me nuts that he wasn't more prepared for that because they've been in negotiations for so long. I was like, you should know some of this stuff. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And it didn't occur to me to question the numerical of it. I was just trying to understand why he wasn't familiar with the agreement well because it is kind of vague and I, I did the math on that 126 so 75 years ago ish ish yeah 756 yeah that many years ago I just I wanted to laugh at I the entire time you guys were going back and forth I just wanted to mention um, Nancy was like the worst <laughs> tutor ever Right, because he's been, this is what I'm saying, like his whole life should have, okay, royal family members and members of political leaders, no, prodigies or whatever you want to call it, oh. when they are raised to be a leader, they are raised, like their tutoring is different from us, they don't just learn English and math and you know geography and stuff they have to learn about the history of their country in a very different way they're taught war strategies they're taught diplomatic diplomatic communication systems diplomatic phrasing diplomatic agreements they they should know all of this stuff so he should have been tutored in all of this stuff especially since it was written you know 60 years before he was born yeah but i understand I understand more now thinking of it as not that he doesn't know what it is, but that he doesn't know the numerical. Well, and, and also, so I have my CPC, right? So I'm a medical coder. Yes. Okay. And when I went through the classes to get that certification, it wasn't about memorizing the codes or, you know, you, you can throw like an ICD-10 code at me. I don't know what it is right? I learned how to look it up. I learned how they work. I learned like what thing goes in which like digit decimal place thingy. Um, but I, I mean, I know that 99213 is a level three office visit, but like, you know, I don't know what 73850 is. Okay. Yeah. I just know like it starts with a seven radiology, right? So like he's like, well, it's you know, it's in this agreement, so it's one of these things. Yeah, I completely like, you don't agree. have to know specifics. Yeah, I completely agree. I like how sassy Torin is. I love Torin so I much. I think that he's ballsy in this. I'm sure I wrote a ton of stuff because I just love Torin. Oh, I wrote that Torin was probably on the committee that wrote the article. Oh my God. He <laughs> <laughs> was. Yeah, because he's older. We don't know how old, but. He was hundred. Okay, no, but we know that he was an advisor long before Kai was born. Yeah, and he's been around but for a while. I mean, 19. 
Or he, he also, okay. So been, maybe he wasn't on the committee that wrote it, but I just bet that, I just bet that Torin is more familiar with it. What if he was there when it was being written, like as a kid and was watching it on the news? Like we all have that experience with 9-11 happening on the news. That was a That's big scare. thing. This probably was a really big thing that happened and we, they watched it on the news. But do we think that Torin is in his 80s? No, older? I always picture him in like late 30s, early 40s. I picture him 57 or above. 57 is such a random number. That's just it though. <laughs> I picture him like late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, I picture him. I was thinking between like 48 and 60. A comb over, gray hair. No, nope, I wasn't picturing a comb over or real gray thin, hair. Real thin, real thin. Has tall. anyone ever watched Man in the High Castle? Mm-mm. Well, there's an actor on there that Nobody, I... Nobody, you're the only one on Earth. You <laughs> <laughs> said anybody, so that it would apply to more than just the two of us. Have either of you <laughs> ever watched Man in the High Castle? <laughs> there's an actor on there that reminds me of Torin, and I think okay. I picture a version of him when I read the books. I, I love this, though. How can I turn a blind eye to something I've never heard of? Thank you. No, I think that brings more to your point. Your point is mm-hmm. that if it were a problem, of course he would be more aware of it. Yeah. But he didn't even, it was just like with Cinder. He's completely oblivious. He's absolutely shocked to hear that there are any lunars on Earth, let alone in his country. Mm-hmm. I also, I'm just, I'm just here for, for the ballsy Torin and the sarcastic Kai. He wants to dig out his special lunar detector. I love it. Back to Becca's point about turning a blind eye. Like turning a blind eye like your father. Okay, um, why are we throwing shade at the recently deceased emperor? That she was so upset. Did, did nobody died. catch that part where Yeah, the one who died this morning. It's like, um, he just died. Could you not? Like maybe what, six hours ago? Maybe. No, no it's it's been like a day and a half, but yeah. still. But, but still, no, he literally just died. And you were all like, oh, the great Emperor Riken. And now you're like, um, your dad did that shit you. And I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> she, I don't like her. I mean, duh, of course I don't like her, but I don't like her. Well, it's also like before she was all diplomacy intact. Where is that now? Because it's pretty crude to throw so much shade at a dead guy that literally just passed away. Like, the country is still in mourning. Have they even had services yet? No. No. I Can we read, by the way? I want to read Torin's entire response. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, thank God for Torin. This is the diplomatic response of a seasoned leader. Poor Kai is just a kid with sass. That will not be necessary. We apologize for doubting you, Your Majesty, and are eager to fulfill our country's part of the agreement. Please please allow us time to prepare for the coronation and the festival, and we will begin our search for the fugitive as soon as our resources allow. And I wrote in my notes, Kai's response, sassy, sassy, sassy. Torn's response, diplomatic. (laughs) Diplomatic response of an adult. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Poor guy. He just is in over his head already. He really is. And I'm sorry, but also page 209 is where it says that there's two and a half million people in Is New that Asia. where it is? Two and a half million people? Oh, apparently I got ahead of myself bringing that up earlier. But 
But it's still important to acknowledge two and a half million people is is a lot. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. No, it's a lot. It's just a tenth the size of old Beijing. Of what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Also, though, Levana narrowed her eyes at Kai. Do you intend to always let your advisor make your decisions for I you? I'm sorry. He has not even been, like, he has not had his coronation yet. He has not yeah. been sworn in or whatever. His dad died, like, five freaking seconds ago. Yes. Fighting. It's not okay. That's fighting dirty. It's not okay. His response is, okay, what did she say? Lavana says, do you always intend to let your advisor make decisions for you? No, said Kai, allowing a cold smile. Eventually, I'll have an empress for that. Bird! <laughs> Thank you, Kai, for smashing the patriarchy and letting your wife take over. <laughs> That's what he's really waiting for, a wife to take over. I wrote, what did I write? Kai is so ready for someone else to be in charge. Oh my god. <laughs> He's only been in charge for five minutes, but I don't blame him. He's not even technically like, in charge yet. He hasn't even been coronated yet. He's already done with this shit. Yes. <laughs> so what happens next? What happens next is that... Oh, he's dreaming is what I said. He's dreaming. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he goes, I hope she'll forget about it. You naive, sweet little child. No, she's not going to forget about the fugitive. Are you kidding? She won't. Yeah. She's going to be plotting murder this entire time. Because she's a conniving little plot hole. She is. I like how it was done in lunar time. She's like, lunar time. What happened to the calendar? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell, guys? Come on. We're done with this Gregorian calendar bullshit. Apparently, it's moon like, cycles, Earth and sunsets. A moon cycles what? Less than twenty eight days, isn't it? So I think it's like twenty six <laughs> or twenty eight days. I'd have to look it up. But why can't you just say that? Why does it have to be one lunar cycle? Because they're better than our Earth and bull. They're better than the Earth and Gregorian calendar. They don't need it. Okay, but can we just real quick? I am about to get very upset at her on okay, the next page. Boy. Get it. This bitch pulls out the fucking antidote. Oh, what a seconds too late. And it's enough for one adult male. You couldn't even bring like a couple extra flipping drops yep. so that they would have like enough to like recreate the stupid eleven herbs and spices recipe bullshit. <laughs> what? <laughs> she's such a Baby bitch. Well, it's biological warfare. I hate her. Yeah. Ooh. And then yeah. we get another instance of Kai digging his nails in. Yeah. You should do all of the things, all the times that Kai does his nails. This is another moment where I love Torin, though, because Kai is like, oh, I'm going to cut a bitch. And Torin is like, say thank you to the nice lady. <laughs> Because unfortunately, they're in a position where they do have to have a diplomatic response. Yeah. But here, what did I write? Because it was, oh, I wrote, so corrupt pharmaceutical is industry isn't an issue in this society. That's kind of nice. Because Kai is like, um, you're going to charge for the antidote? Yeah. Well, in the society that we currently live in, yeah, they're going to charge for the antidote. That's but he is so shocked by it. 
mm-hmm. then I have to assume that means that the pharmaceutical industry that we have, the corrupt bullshit that we deal with in our country, is not something that this society has. So that's nice. Um, yeah, there's one good thing. I would also look at that as like the United States is very that way, but other countries, their their pharmaceuticals are done a little bit differently. So maybe they just took on to that. That's a good point. I so there's a part on 212 of my book that says which and I just wrote try it with a b instead of a w and that's my response to her well you have to be careful uh, with um editing because you aren't going to get into certain genres if you use certain oh no 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 no, certain words but like that's what like I I would think of her as a witch too but what we feel like she is is a little little butthole bitch (laughs) Well, that's all I, I don't know. I feel like she's worse than that. She is. That's why I <laughs> just the C word, ma'am. I took that up a notch. Which Wicca, they mean wise one when you actually use it to somebody. So like, I'm not personally less if somebody was that way. But if you call somebody a, like, I call myself a witch. That's what I am. So calling her a witch is like. And it means wise one. Try, yeah. If you look up Wicca, it means wise one um so can you be wise and also evil yes but normally you're not like yeah you're a wise one like rudely people who are wise or well educated or well informed or well spoken or charismatic are not kind it's not one of them is not simultaneous with the other Mm-hmm. As we've seen throughout history, there are plenty of people who are well-spoken and charismatic and intelligent, and they've caused atrocities and horrors in the world. But I would never call them a witch. But other people might. Other people might. I mean, it's I would. I have used the word witch all the time because I don't, in my vocabulary, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean wise one. It means bitch that I'm allowed to say in public. Yeah. I don't think she is wise. I think she's evil, and I I just don't think that evil and wise are compatible. That's a good because, point. to I mean, wisdom is like cunning rather than wise. Cunning. I was gonna say strategic. Well, she yes, we've seen that she's strategic on her placement of herself on Earth as well as her giving the. So let's get back to that. She has an antidote. It came just shy of being here soon enough for to save the life of the emperor. Her research team has been working on it for decades, apparently, or just a very long time, and they want compensation. That vial is your gift. I hope you will find it helpful, young prince. I believe it is in both of our interests to rid your planet of this disease. My scientists could have thousands of dosages prepared by the month's end. However, such an undertaking, coupled with six years worth of work and resources, has put quite a strain on my own country, and so I'm sure you'll understand the need for compensation. That will require further negotiations. Um, she, she just wants the title. That's that compensation. I don't even think she wants his wean and his title as much as she wants his people. They said they didn't want to be slaves, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, she wants the power. She wants the power. She wants the control. She wants the title. Mm-hmm. So Nancy is here. My heart is broken at the news from the news. Oh. 
the idea that a pile of metal could experience emotion is insulting. Send this monstrosity away. So they don't like androids. Yeah. Is, but like, duh, because they can't be controlled mm-hmm. by the glamour and manipulated. So here, what did I, I wrote more things about Kai. Rawr, I'm angry. I smash things. I'm Kai. Can I call him Kyle? Because he punched a wall, didn't he? Yeah. You know the Kyle joke right now? The meme where they, they nope. punch drywall? Nope. Nope. All right. It's a meme. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, guys that are named Kyle punch walls and drywall when they're angry. It's a it's a joke. I did not know that. <laughs> but yeah, so Nancy comes back. She says she's sorry about the emperor dying yeah she's and kai uses this as an opportunity to gtfo yep pretty much Mm -hmm. yeah and i'll blame him there we have this cute little moment because he's still hopeful for love but also for some reason i wrote in my notes find me that princess with an exclamation point and i'm trying to figure out why i wrote that down because he's trying to find princess that's right and i liked how he's got so much optimism he's going to do this stuff he's gonna find princess lean he's gonna make sure that dr erlon duplicates this antidote and he's not even gonna dance with queen lavana the stupid ball yeah stupid ball. i'm not gonna dance with her it's a stupid ball you can't make me i'm not gonna call her lavana even if it's on fire or even if there's a fire he gets a sweet day me right after that too it's adorable remembering the ball suddenly parted the storm clouds in kai's thoughts oh they barely know each other at all and just the thought of her comforts him so much in this moment where he's so angry he's digging fingernails into body parts he's he's punching walls (laughs) He's imagining murdering someone, and just the thought of her suddenly parted the storm clouds in Kai's thoughts. And he is literally holding the antidote. It needs to get to Dr. Erlen so he can duplicate it. There's enough for a grown man, so presumably there might even be enough for Peeny with enough left over to still have enough for Dr. Erlen to analyze it and duplicate it. And Kai is taking time out to daydream about Cinder. He is so smitten. Star-crossed lovers. Ooh. It's got a theme. (laughs) Well, why are they star-crossed? Just because he's a a prince and she's a commoner? Yep. Okay. That's why I would say. And because every time, like, they try to kind of get together, it it doesn't really work out. Only because she keeps turning him down and breaking his heart. He's probably never been rejected before in his life, and she's (laughs) rejecting him. Bethany, how many times did Quentin propose? Twice. Okay. You you had mentioned in a previous episode that the first time he proposed was X number of years ago. I was just curious how many times. The first time Quentin proposed, we were drunk and sitting outside the hotel room. And I had told him, oh, I found this cool apartment I'm going to look at tomorrow if you want to come with me. I think it's in my price range and it's close to base. Because I was planning on moving to Nebraska when I got done with college. And he goes, oh, well, we'll worry about where we're going to live after we get married. And then told his family the next day we were engaged. (laughs) And 
I'm a brat and I like romantic gestures. So I said that that didn't count. But according to Quentin, it does. But he did give me a real proposal later. He actually bent down in the snow. Got his jeans wet. It was very nice. Yes. But yeah, he, he proposed twice. I lost count of how many times Jerry did. <gasps> did you keep him on the hook? No, he was insane. We had just met. <laughs> like, he, he was just like, no, we're going to get married. Like, just from the beginning. Aww, and I was like, I, puppy. okay, but guy before Jerry hadn't even physically been kicked out of the house yet. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, I was in the process of kicking him out. I mean, it was like this whole, like, I mean, it was probably scandalous, whatever, but. <laughs> you were like, nope, we're going to get married. <laughs> like before our first official date, he was, yeah. Oh my goodness. So I have no idea. I have no idea. So anyways. <laughs> I'm just going to remain We here. end the chapter with Kai saying he hopes that Cinder has changed her mind about the ball. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Becca, what was your quote for this week? My quote was from the very first page of this chapter. And shockingly, it's from Sybil. Proper is such a subjective word. That is true. It is, yeah. It's true. I hate Sybil, but I mean, she's right. Different than what it was in the Victorian age and prior to that, the Renaissance age, the Dark Ages, all of these different ages have different proper, even between cultures. Well, yeah, there are cultures now that would consider the clothing that we wear improper. Mm-hmm. So yeah, proper is oh, completely indecent right now, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. I'm fully it's it's a boys t-shirt I bought it in the boys department it's comfy and it was like three dollars and girl shirts are like nine this is true anyways yeah um, for me, I would be my quote yeah, yeah. <laughs> remembering the ball suddenly parted the storm clouds in Kai's thoughts they're barely knowing each other at all and already she's such a source of comfort for him and I just I love it I love it I love it too I was put- yours Right afterwards, I think. Um, she did not mention any ball. He's asking, he's not asking it, he's more of a statement. Or from, from Nancy. Yeah. And I just, I love that she's just direct. She didn't mention it. <laughs> well, she's an android. Yeah, I know. But like, can you imagine the same conversation with Aiko? Aiko would be like, no, I'm so sorry, Kai, but I'll go to the ball with you. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Okay, so I actually did not find any Easter eggs for either one of these chapters. So my listeners on Instagram who have messaged me before when I've missed an Easter egg, please message me now because I'm sure I missed it and I just don't know what it was. Um, So if you saw an Easter egg that I missed in these chapters, please DM me on Instagram and I will add it to my list of eggs. Our next episode, we're going to do chapter 24. Yep, 24. And Becca, will you be joining us? I will do everything in my power to join you. Yay! Okay. <laughs> in the meantime, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and send us your submissions for Fan Art Friday and our logo contest. Which ends on the 15th of October. It's getting here, guys. It's really close. 
So don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend. We are at Prince Kai Fan Pod on Instagram. We are prince.kai.fan.pod. And yeah, tell a friend. Yeah, tell How many followers on Insta? Like 300? 349. Woo! Amazing. Okay, so we have 349. So go be our 350th on the Insta. Um, and leave us and a review so we can add that to our collection because we want to get yes. to 30. Don't forget to, if you, to send us questions, comments, concerns, and we're going to try to answer them on the next episode as long as they aren't spoilers. Yes. Yeah. And spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> So, Becca, by accident, the first episode that Ashley was on, she and I said bye at the same time, and now I think it's cute. So, we all have to say bye at the same time. Okay. Okay. Two, three. Bye. 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 (laughs) The passages read for you today are from Cinder by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guests were Rebecca Baker and Ashley Leonard. Thank you for listening.